He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. Kelsey Tran, we are back, baby. Let's go. What's up, Will Slickers? <laughs> you never call me by my last name. It feels so weird. <laughs> Just kidding. How you doing, my friend? This is our third Slick Talk recap episode. We took a little bit of a break last month because travel and you and I both got sick. So yeah. how you been? You feeling better? Feeling good. Feeling great. Glad to be over the sickness. What about you? Same. And I'm hoping that with this next conference run, I'm bringing my Dayquil with me. I'm I'm not taking any <laughs> chances. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it. That it really took me out. I think like Sunday, I got home on the third Wednesday or Thursday, and then I was just after that, I was like, I know, I'm done. I'm done for the count. Yeah. But that Sunday was rough, and then I got Dayquil. And I was like, I just need to pop it out. But yeah, it was good times gotta love it it's good it's like your body's telling you to like hey you gotta slow down you gotta relax a little bit maybe not work for a couple of days you know might be a new thing to me but figuring it out figuring it out i know it, it's hard especially when you work from home to not work it's so mm -hmm. easy when you go into an office you're like i'm calling in sick sorry can't work then you don't think about it and you rest but working from home like your computer's staring at you <laughs> Yes. Mm -hmm. And if you're like me, I have all the Apple products. So of course, yeah. when one notification goes off on one, all of them ring. Still trying to figure that out. But it's like, all right, well, I just got notified five times. Might might just need to go, you know, pop open the computer. But no, it was good. I think a little rest, a little little R and R is always good. I have a rule and we'll talk about rules and exceptions after this first slick talk recap clip, but I have a rule every quarter I get to do a massage. That's my my one exception and kind of like treat yourself moment. Mm. And it's coming up October 27th, right after I get back from Orlando. It's going <laughs> to be, be it's gonna be needed. Yeah, it's like I can't yeah. wait. So, all right, Kelsey. So for the listeners who don't know, maybe haven't heard your voice, haven't seen your face, you're my producer. You work within the Hospitality FM network. And you and I every month are going to sit down and talk about what, you know, our favorite moments and highlights were from the last four episodes or so. And this first clip came from the one and only Avery Carl, who is a legend in the space. I think she started podcasting around the same time I did in 2018. And I just thought immediately, I was like, yeah, this, this lady's a, a legend, like going to follow and like and subscribe and do all this stuff. So to have her on the podcast was really cool. But in this clip, we talk about, you know, work-life balance and non-negotiables. So I would love for one, let's play the clip and then we'll come back and we'll talk about kind of our thoughts and thinking around this topic. So you ready? Yes. All right, let's go. Hit it. I know we kind of talked about like notifications and stuff, but more mm -hmm. of just managing expectations, managing your, you know, wants and needs because, you know, I'm sure you have non-negotiables with know taking the kids to school or doing certain things that you want to be a part of and i i know you i've heard you talk about it so how do how does that happen in the day to day with you so because i start working so early in the morning so i'll work from like 4 to 6 the kids will wake up typically around 6 get them ready get them to school and then i've got about 8:15 until 2 so i try to get everything done all recordings i don't try, i try my best not to have any meetings that end past 2 because I want to give my kids that stay-at-home mom experience, even though I run a business. So 
for me, like, yes, I will step away after two if there's an emergency. But if it's not, I will, you know, write back and say like, oh, yeah, let's let's get on a call at eight in the morning and, and deal with this because there are non-negotiables. I will not miss a soccer game or a dance recital or any any of the above, any activity that my kids are doing. I will not miss it. I will miss a conference before I miss one single game. So those are kind of my my non-negotiables is that I I don't want my kids to feel like anything comes before them because it doesn't. So I try my best to be completely done with work by two. So they get this year they're going to, to separate schools that are opposite directions. So there's no like, oh, I'll pick them up today and you pick them up tomorrow. Like we both have to go every day now. So so we'll go, you know, try and do something fun after school, go to the beach, go to the pool go to the jumpy place my daughter calls it which is the trampoline park or you know they're getting into a lot of activities now so if my daughter really likes tennis they do soccer they're doing piano lessons so they just have like a lot of activities that they like doing that I like taking them to I mean there's nothing more fun I love being busy picking them up for school we got to go to soccer practice all right let's stop at the donut hole you know at 7 30 and eat dinner at the diner on the way home I love doing that kind of stuff so those things are are the most important to me. And in terms of managing it, I just try to slam it all before before two o'clock in the afternoon. Awesome. So I love she has those non-negotiables. And so my question to you, because I have my non-negotiables, hence my spa treatment every every month. What's yours? Do you have any? Do you have any like like worth or wow, that was a stumble. <laughs> Work life balance non-negotiables. I think just in general, which I've learned this from my mom, is that our generation millennials, we very much prioritize work-life balance. So Mm -hmm. I think when I started working from home, that's when I started creating like a very strict, or even when I worked in the office, a very strict routine in the morning. I used to wake up at 5 a.m., not so much anymore, but I used to wake up very early, go to the gym, walk my dog, you know, and just enjoy the morning before getting into work and just kind of settling into that space before I start the day is like super important for me. So even now, like even though I wake up a little bit later, wake up, get ready, walk my dog, come back, enjoy my breakfast. And when I'm eating breakfast, I'm not working. So Mm. that's important to me too. I'm like watching a self-help video or finance video on YouTube and just settling in before I start my day. I always have to keep that routine. I like that. See, that's a, so like, that's a discipline. I think it sounds maybe to anyone listening, it may sound like, oh, like, yeah, I wake up early and can do my morning routine and not work. It's like, no, I, I would be surprised. You know, I, it's got to be harder than it is, right? I think not working, especially I think with time zone differences and everyone working from home or a lot of people working from home or remotely in general, it's it could be 24-7. I was up at 5.30 this morning and I was texting Dennis from Cassiola in, in Orlando. So it's like, you know, it's 5.30 for me, but it's 7.30 for him. You know, just like little things like that, right? Where it's like, yeah, how do you how do you hold that off? And so it's a it's a hard discipline. So I'm proud of you for putting something in place. <laughs> Thank you. I guess okay. I guess too, like a non negotiable is if I'm not in work hours, like I won't check my phone, hmm. and 
I feel like when I started, you were like, get off your phone. You don't need to be on your phone if you're not working. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, but my mom, she is a teacher. And as soon as she comes home, she's on her phone. She's emailing parents. She's working 24 seven. Mm. And I'm like, absolutely not. Like when the work day ends, I'm not checking my phone. I see the email, like maybe I'll read it and then I'll just be like, okay, I'll reply later, but I'm not going to reply to anything before I wake up or you know, well, obviously I'd be asleep, but yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Outside 100%. of work hours. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's where like, for me, seeing you guys all on Slack, right? Like I can see the green button and I don't pay attention to that a lot because I know between desktop or laptop and then your phone, it's probably on all the time, but there's definitely times I did catch you replying to <laughs> some of our, our people. I was like, yo, it's nine o'clock at night. What are you doing? Go to sleep. Uh, unwind. Unplug. <laughs> I, I'm the only one that's responsible for responding that late. You guys can enjoy your night and, and your day. So yeah, that was, that was fun in the fun early days. You're like, oh, I just feel like I have to get them a time <laughs> response. It's like, let's respond in the morning. We're not, uh, I'm going to, I'm not going to say my phrase, but you know, you know what we're not doing. We're not curing cancer. <laughs> so I said it. I love it. I, I think the non-negotiables, especially for me, I, I'll go into the sense of like, I don't like the work, the term work-life balance. I like work-life alignment. And so my work-life alignment is I'm very much like I'm enwrapped in my business. This is my baby. I don't, I'm not dating. I don't have kids. I don't have a significant other. Like I'm here. This is my my thing. So my work-life alignment is going to be very different than your work-life alignment. By the end of the day, I think like having those, I, I love the morning, the enjoying the morning, cup of coffee, a good like audio book, or even just a, a mm-hmm. physical book, which I'm trying to get better at now. It's like just reading with silence, <laughs> no like notifications on, no TV, no nothing. So yeah, it's, uh, it's becoming a thing, hopefully. I love the second clip. Kevin and I met in the clubhouse days, Kevin Reardon, we talk about mentors and just a lot of other things that we'll talk about after we play it. But Kelsey, let's, let's bring that bad boy in. So one of the biggest blessings now, five years later is like, now there are people, and I think it's so cool. There's people like you and, and lots of other folks in the industry that are giving all this information away. A lot of times it's free. You don't, you don't have to pay for a mastermind, you don't pay for anything. You can get this information, which is incredible because this is such a fulfilling industry that people should get into. And I know I've said it's hard and like there's all these things, but at the same time, the reason that we're in the hospitality is because it provides meaningful work and it provides meaning to our lives. And if you're the person that that feels good when you take care of people, when someone writes you a five-star review, when someone gets engaged on your property, gets married on your property, has big life events on your property, man, that feels good. That's so cool. That's so cool. You can't do that on Wall Street. Like, and we get we get the opportunity to do that. And so people should get into the industry. But the cool thing now is that we're able to give this information. And I think it's great that that information is being shared on TikTok and on podcasts and on on YouTube and on Instagram. That's all with that caveat of don't compare yourself and don't let it take you to where you just consume and you don't actually just go do stuff and try stuff. Because at the end of the day, the only way you're going to do it is by just trying. But if you can get mentors, man, I now that I look back, I didn't have mentors until the last year. By the way, that's when like life really accelerated for me the last year because of things that happen. And it's the last year that I went out and I got mentors. And it changed my life and it changed my business. Awesome. Okay. So mentors, I'm curious for you. Do you or have you ever had not like mentorship in your career or life in general? 
I have. In very different aspects, I used to volunteer for my sorority when I graduated to be an advisor for UCSD. And my I call her my sorority boss, but yeah, basically she was my sorority boss for my advisor position. <laughs> but just like personally in life, like I feel like I can still go to her for anything and I tell her things. And then just professionally as well, because I was like right out of college. I was very immature and I was surprised they wanted me to be an advisor. So I don't know. Just learning from someone who's gone through it is always very nice. 100%. And yeah, I think it's in, like really important and interesting. I think a lot of people think of like a mentor as like an older person who's retired or had a 20-year career and done this. And like, actually, you can be a mentor today at 18 or 28 or 38 or like whatever age, right? I think mentorship can come in a lot of ways especially if it's intentional or unintentionally, right? I think sometimes you just have those natural connections. Great. That person can become pretty much a mentor to you in a lot of different areas without you having to go up to them. Like, can you be my mentor and mentor me and, you know, teach me how to wax on, wax off and do all the stuff. It's, it's actually pretty interesting how that just kind of aligns. So it's cool that you were able to do that pretty much right out of, right out of college. I think, uh, Speaks a lot about your character and hence why I hired you because I saw it. <laughs> Just kidding. Try to give myself more credit than I deserve, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> you mentioned having a mentor that's like the same age. Honestly, the first person I thought of when it hit my head was Natalie Palmer. Mm-hmm. So we went to Cal State Fullerton together. We were in the same sorority and I always looked up to her. I'm actually older than her. We're six mm-hmm. months apart to the day. And I've always looked up to her because she's so creative. She like led our Greek week, which was like this huge thing in school. It's basically like a pep rally that's a week Mm. long and you compete and we won under her leadership. And I was like, I'm like, how does she have the mind to do these things? And so even just like editing her podcast now, again, not in the STR world, but I just find her content is just so fascinating, but I just like am not in the world or in the industry of short-term rentals. So, you know, for me to find it like so fascinating to listen to her, I just look up to her a lot and we're like, literally she's younger than me. Hey, it is like, it's just, there's, I think there's a certain thing about life experience, right? It doesn't have to come with age. It just comes through going through a lot of trials, tribulations, or even just getting obsessed with something and loving it so much that you can learn crap like mm-hmm. you can learn 20 years of of history and data and and just overall wealth of knowledge in such a short period of time that she could be younger than you and it still is like yeah i i agree in 100 percent, especially with natalie palmer she's a genius so shout out to natalie and her podcast the no vacancy podcast really good stuff and i also love the you know, Kevin was talking about in that clip, you know, about podcasts and the amount of knowledge and, and education out there for free. Obviously, we're big components of that as a network. Like we have 30 podcasts that literally just share the weather through interviews or solo episodes or series that are well built out and, and, and planned and uh, produced. There's so much free information. I think it builds such a intimate relationship and you probably have seen this in starting with HFM or you'll see at the first conference you go to the, the, Oh, actually, no level up your listening. Like you and I were there in person, the amount of people that just come up to Natalie or other podcasters or anyone and like, Hey, I follow your Instagram or I listen to your show and this is that. And like you automatically build this community and connection with people that I don't think you could replicate at scale in any other way. In my opinion, yeah, there's YouTube and other stuff like that, but I think there's something about the audible 
experience that really does make it more intimate. And I like that a lot. It's been probably like the best piece of podcasting for me, like the last five years is just being able to have that community of people that know you already without you really knowing them. It's kind of, yeah, it's kind of weird, but it's really cool at the same time. One of my favorite things. Yeah. One last thing, Kevin mentioned near the end about comparison. And I think what's great about the short-term rental industry and going to that conference, no one was competing with each other. And I feel like that can be something that you want to compete with because it's like real estate essentially. And everyone was there to share their advice, to share, you know, their lessons and obstacles and how they overcame them. And I thought that was you could feel it. Like you can definitely hear and feel it in the conversations. And I loved that. Yeah. Nobody was like comparing themselves. It was always just helping each other. 100%. And then when Julie George or myself or Natalie or Tatiana heard, heard people saying, well, I just have one property compared to so-and-so. It's like, no, you don't have just one property. You have a property and you're doing Mm -hmm. the damn thing. So don't compare yourself like that. I agree with that. It's a really good statement. All right, so this next clip to keep keep the train moving. I'm not going to lie. I hate showing favoritism, but I have to say Lauren Madewell, her and I, like the episode for me was just, I think it really gave me a refreshment of the podcast. Not going to lie. Like I love doing the podcast. I've been doing it for five years. Get to work with you, get to work with other people and an amazing sponsor group. But there was just something about that conversation that was so honest. You had to do a lot of editing because there's some parts that we had to take out due to confidentiality and a few other things, but I really loved it. I would love to know if you felt the same about the conversation, but let's play the clip before we take, take actually, no, I want to hear your opinion now. Let's not play the clip. We'll play the clip. Back. What's your opinion? Well, How do you think about the episode? Well, it was two hours. One. <laughs> So I had to sit. No, I'm just kidding. No, Lauren was so cool. And you can just really hear her authenticity between the both of you and the conversation. She just had so much to share. And I was like, man, I want to be friends with her. Like, she sounds so cool. Immediately after that episode, her and I were texting. And I was like, I need to come hang out with you. Like, we just need to have a day where we go get coffee and lunch and go around town and just talk and like hang out <laughs> and do crazy stuff because you're she is just so cool. So. I can't wait for that day. I think her and I talked about doing like a trip in like January, February. So fingers crossed right after like STR wealth or after many other conferences and retreats that are happening next year, I'll actually be able to go meet up with her. So let's play the clip and then we'll talk about the conversation at hand. I spent 22 largely working on employee satisfaction because like it just, it, it, it was a light bulb moment for me. Like, if I want these guests to have the most incredible customer service experience ever, like genuinely impressive, and they will remember us because that customer service experience was just like something you just don't ever experience anymore. If I wanted that, it it had to been, be sincere. Like mm. it, I couldn't have a fake it till you make it. I couldn't have scripts. It had to have been sincere. So the only way to do that was to make sure that my employees just felt secure here, happy here looked after that they were having a good time that they knew that they could socialize you know like Mm -hmm. become friends socialize have a good time i don't expect you to be on 100 percent of the time like 90 percent of the time 85 percent of the time other than that talk get close to one another like i i put board games in the office i because i don't want them on their phones like that was a change that they hated but they understood no (laughs) being on your phones at the desk 
go to the bathroom, go outside, step away, but don't be on your phone at your desk because whatever you're experiencing on your phone, when you answer that phone call, you're going to transfer that voice, that vibe, that energy. And more often than not, you're probably going to feel annoyed that a phone call interrupted your scrolling. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I told him, like, I'm guilty of it, too. So I got like a charging block for back of the house where they could keep their phones, keep them charged, visit them as much as they want. I don't I don't care. But I did. I didn't want. Taking their phones away just from their desk to I didn't want them to think that like that meant I wanted them to stay busy all that time. It just meant I want them talking, socializing, communicating with each other, whatever that looks like. They started like a book swap program. Like I said, we had board games and stuff, uh, coloring books, trivia, just all sorts of stuff. And I think that was a little corny, to be honest with you, a little a little tacky, but it was more the gesture than anything. You know, it was more managing expectations than anything. I play Jenga more than they with myself. I would be joining you right there. I probably would never get any work done because of that. But honestly, uh, it's better yeah. than better than a pizza party, right? Like I think when you're doing things that change the every day rather than they're a special occasion that they earned, right? right? I think that sends a better message than saying like, oh, we hit revenue goals and you're not seeing any of the benefit, but here's a pizza. All right, Kelsey. So my biggest takeaway from that whole clip with Lauren, I think she talks about hospitality in a way that I haven't heard in a while. And I know it's super cheesy when people talk about culture and the employee experience being the main thing that like makes their business so great. But the kind of takeaway I had from Lauren's clip was that sincere customer experience is a byproduct of a great, satisfied employee and team. So like, I think when you, sometimes we get this so backwards that we got to take care of the customer at all costs, but that cost is your employees, like happiness, uh, work satisfaction, constant like ability of like trying to perform and, and it's a 24 seven job. So like be expecting that, um, you're going to take care of the guests at all costs. That cost sometimes is your team. And Lauren kind of flips the script and makes it, I'm going to make my like team experience so good that taking care of the customer at all costs is literally going to be not a cost. It's actually going to be a savings or a benefit that is going to be so sincere that our, our guests are going to hear it. So it got me really geeked up about hospitality again, because I haven't been an operator like in a hotel or like I used to back in the day dealing with guests and teams and all that stuff. So any takeaways from, from your end? Yeah, I just really enjoyed that clip because it wasn't like it reminded me of when I started working right out of high school. And luckily, cell phones weren't like a huge thing back then. But I could only imagine working with young people now. They're, mm -hmm. they're glued to their phones. They want to be scrolling 24-7. So I like how she approached it as, I'm not taking this away from you. Go ahead, mm -hmm. look at your phone if you want to. I know I can't like prevent that 100%, but like here are some, like she's even providing a charging block. Like who does mm -hmm. that, you know? About all these games for you guys to connect. Because that is like my favorite thing about working with people is the connections that you make with your coworkers. And yeah. Like that's what's so memorable. And then it makes, it puts a good customer service like voice, you know, when I'm talking with a client or a customer or whatever like that. So I don't know. I, I thought that was very like a really cool approach to not being that like strict managey boss, but like, yeah, you guys can do it, but you know, here's an alternative for you guys to connect to each other, which will, and then benefit the company. Yeah. What's the like remote work from home version of that? Because we're all remote. 
And mm-hmm. you, you're in California. I'm in Denver. Michael's in California. Claire's in Austin. Jenny's in New York. So, like, what do you think the remote version of, of that is? I think it's that Slack channel that you made, the humor one, you know, we're connecting <laughs> to each other, you know, sending pictures of our dogs or our vacations and stuff like that. It is very different. And I think you have to, you know, adjust a little bit, but it's also the freedom, you know, like you're not, mm. you're not checking like Kelsey, that green light's not on <laughs> your Slack right now. Like, where are you? So it's yeah. kind of just having that trust in your employees and knowing that they're getting their work done. Yeah. And my biggest thing, I think, because I started out working very young too. So I think I hated being micromanaged to the point where it's like, dude, just let me do my job. I've been doing this for a year or however long I was at the at the place that, you know, with me being a young, young boss and we have a young team. Um, I don't know. I just, I don't think we need to be handheld. And the, like, we're, we're all grown ups living on our own or, you know, not living at home, paying our own bills. I think think you can handle not having to have a slack button or green light lit right like i i think uh it's just it's crazy how many people i've heard that actually are micromanaging so to me it's just like a no-brainer you're a big you're a big girl kelsey i trust you you can you know take care of your stuff and at the end of the day like if you get it done you get it done great if not then get it done the next day or whatever the the deadline is but yeah i think it's one of those things it just it blows my mind but I really like that clip with Lauren. I think she made a great example. The next clip is from the one and only Brooke Fotts, who is the CEO and founder of Vintory, who is one of our amazing sponsors on this podcast. So I love this episode because he's been really good at building like these top 10 posts and these top, you know, technology stack posts. And now he's got this book out for the, you know, top mistakes at Vacation Rental entrepreneurs or uh, leaders have made over the years. And it was a pretty intense list. So for all the listeners, if you want that book, get it for free in the show notes, but let's play the clip and then let's talk about it. I want to get in the last point that you mentioned into networking, conferences, community, and local competition. This is my favorite one, I think personally, because I'm obviously as a podcaster, a huge fan of conferences and and communities and, and then the conversations, right? So where would you say the biggest lessons are within, within this chapter? Yeah. So, well, first of all, I started off with a quote from Alex uh, Houston with Casago. She says, your network is your net worth. And I, I just absolutely love that. But this was, I think, the most popular mistake was really not networking soon enough. And look, I used to be in mortgage banking. My first, you know, eight years out of, or actually first 11 years out of college was in mortgage banking. And I go to these conferences and you want to talk about a, a snore fest. I mean, it was just a bunch of guys in snoots, uh, suits walking around and just like, you know, it just wasn't yeah, fun. And I mean, we are very lucky to be and privileged to be in probably one of the greatest industries out there. So, but yeah, I think 22 people said it was one of their biggest mistakes was not networking. Um, so I think it was the most popular one. So uh, Jed Stevens talked about one of his regrets was not investing in his professional network earlier. The doors that have opened because of the relationships that I've made have been transformative and would not have been possible if I had not made this a priority. Justin Ford agreed as well with formerly with On the Water in Maine. He said, you know, one of his top mistakes was not networking sooner. I waited 12 years to join the VRMA. I should have joined on day one. It wasn't until I started learning from others that I started to grow. And for me, it was the same thing. I I have this thing where I do not leave a conference where I walk away with at least a $2,500 takeaway. And usually it's, it's many, many fold more than that. 
But I, I, I look back over my career every time I've gone to a conference and networked, I've walked out with, with you know, tens of thousands of dollars in, in ideas and suggestions. So it's, it's just absolutely fantastic. And I think a lot of people appreciate it. I definitely agree. And I was just talking to another guest before you, and that was the biggest thing. It was masterminds and networking and live events and being in the room, right? Like just getting in the room with these people that have you know, built amazing businesses advanced beyond yours or are in the same. I've learned so much from people that are in the same level, my peers, the people that we are at the same kind of stage of business, right? Like that is such a valuable lesson itself, but you just got to know where to find them, right? And so like communities and organizations like VRMA and now you got STR Wealth Conference and a bunch of other stuff popping up, you know, shout out to Natalie and Tatiana for level up your listing, just all these ones that are popping up now. So being able to know where they're at. All right. So entrepreneurs, we regret things a lot because we didn't do it. Sometimes we regret things that we did do because you don't know until you try sometimes, right? Um, but this one was really important and I really resonated with this clip. I'm glad you pulled it because without networking, I don't think we would be here today. Like if I didn't network as early as I did and like take the time to like get to know people in the industry and just absorb as much as I could from them because like it, it was such a crazy time to like reflect on. But um, I personally don't think I would be here. So. I love that. I would love to know if you have any like networking or and like career takeaways. Do you have anything from from this clip? Yeah, I mean, not to. I didn't think I was going to talk about my sorority this much, but when I was in school um, in my senior year, I was the vice president of new member education. So when all of our new sorority sisters would come in, I was like essentially their president, and I would teach them the way of the sorority and all of our history and stuff like that. And it reminded me because to this day, my new members still tell me that they got this takeaway from what I said. But I said, the more you put in is the more you get out. So you can go to our Monday night meetings, you know, and, and just sit there, take notes, but it's boring. Why would you want to do that? So if you're, if you go to these events, if you're actively participating and you're on these teams or whatever, you're going to be, and you're going to feel so fulfilled in what you're doing and it's not just going to be like yeah I was in the sorority but we didn't do anything like to this day I still talk to my sorority sisters you know I'm getting involved I'm donating to the our philanthropy that we had so with what he said in networking and conferences perfect timing because conference season is right here but I commend the people that go to the conferences like by themselves you know 100%. like I was yeah, I was sitting at lunch at Level Up Your Listing and I was just like, wow, these women are by themselves. Like that's that's like nerve-wracking. I would have a hard time doing that, you know, like trying to make a connection with somebody, but they're out there. As long as you talk to at least one person, you know, make that connection, follow them on social media, you can learn so much from somebody. Could not agree more. And you know, I grew up in a Christian church going household. And I always remember like even like youth groups or um, like summer camp retreats or whatever stuff I would go to as a kid. Yeah. I always hear like, you know, you know, the, at church, they would talk about go shake someone's hand and introduce yourself and do this and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I always loved the people that would find the new people attending, whether mm -hmm. it was like me as a kid, as a youth group or whatever. It was like, Hey, I'm going to intentionally go out of my way. Cause I know you're not here with anybody. Like I want you to feel welcomed and not in like a weird way, but like, I just, there was so many of my good friends that like, who are my friends today who came up to me and were like, Hey, saw you by yourself or whatever. Wanted to introduce myself and, you know, say hi and get to know you a little bit. 
awesome. Still friends today with a lot of those people. And I think, you know, at conferences, you can do the same thing because it does take a lot of guts to show up in an industry that's been around for a while. It's gone through a ton of crazy changes. And guess what? Every conference, there's usually like the people that are there, they've all been through multiple iterations of this like life cycle of short-term rentals and hospitality together in either their current business or multiple other businesses before. I always think of Steve Trover, who you got to meet when he came to do some HFM like uh, PI training and kind of analysis with us, but he's been through so many like cycles of new companies and all this other stuff that have come through the industry. He knows, he's like, I can tell when a company pops up and they're not going to make it or this and that, but he makes it so welcoming in the sense of like, there. I don't know. We talk about some stuff that's going on today, and then he's like, "Yeah, but back you know, twenty years ago when I was doing this, same thing kind of happened." And it's just so like such a wealth of knowledge. So shout out to Steve Trover. Wasn't trying to go on a Steve Trover praise rant, but more of like just I don't know. There's so there's just so many good things from networking and connecting that. It makes it so worth it to be that one person to, to go on the edge and, and make it make it happen. We're wrapping up. That was the last clip. So anything uh, exciting for for you? What's what's the number one thing that you, you are like the most excited for right now? Could be anything. I'm excited. My boss is going to gonna go to Verma, so he won't like be there to met. Now I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Hmm. I don't know why I sound so lame. <laughs> it could be anything. It could be like, I don't know, a date night with Alan. It could be a potential project or a pro- current project. It could be anything in the world. It's okay. Well, okay. The thing I'm most excited for coming up, one is fall weather. We're going through a heat wave in California. So it's like high 80s this week, which is awful. I wanted to go to the pumpkin patch. <laughs> but in a couple weeks, Alan and I will be announcing something pretty cool. So stay tuned for that. My lips are sealed. I, w- I won't excited. give any hints. <laughs> Not one. I love it. <laughs> well, the team and I already want to congratulate you because we already know, but I can't wait for that that bonus episode to have you uh, drop the bomb on all the listeners. <laughs> be be great. Awesome. Well, this has been fun. I always love our recaps. Trying to make them short so that way people can get straight to the, the clip or the episode that they maybe have missed. But as always, for all of our slick talkers out there, give Kelsey a big thank you for producing the show that you know and love. We need her in order to, to function. So, you know, I think if her boss were hearing this, she should maybe get like a bonus or something. I don't know. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Something like that. So, <laughs> uh, but no, this has been fun. I always love our time. So Kelsey, thank you again. All the slick talkers like, and subscribe. And of course, give Kelsey a big shout out. So woo. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making slick talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoyed the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.